Welcome to the Post Sunday Podcast, presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. It's not just enough to know of God, we want you to know Him. Coming to you from sunny Orlando, Florida, it's time to rethink life the way God intended. This is the Genesis Post Sunday Podcast. What is going on, Post Sunday Podcasters? We are hitting some milestones here. This is episode 55-0. My goodness, we're almost, what, uh, a century old. We're halfway <laughs> We're halfway there. We're over the hill. It's crazy, man. Uh, this, it, we're at this, the top of the hill. We're sitting right at the top. Right at the about top. About to come down. Yep. yep. On the backside. It'd yep. be crazy when we do 100. Yeah, yeah. 100th episode. That's going to be insane, man. Uh, well, if you're joining us my uh, for the first time, my name is Pastor Johnny. I'm your host here with my co-host, Pastor Tim Grandstaff. And uh, welcome to the PSP Host Sunday Podcast. This Three is, to go. Yes, Three man. strikes and we are out for the year. Three more. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Full year. Crazy this. to think what we've been doing this entire year, how fun it's been. Uh, getting to sit with you, man, this entire year and just uh, sitting at the feet of Rabbi Tim. <laughs> it's been fun. It's been great. We didn't know where this was going. No, we I didn't. pitched this to you last November. Yeah. And I was like, hey, we're going to do a podcast and we're going to follow up on Sunday's teachings and we're going to we're going to take this and we're going to unpack it a little bit more. And we had no idea. And this year, how that was going to play out, but it has been significantly successful. Yeah. Not just within our church, but within all of the listeners and watchers and followers and all of that. And so we're about discipleship. This is one tool. This is not the only tool, exactly. but this is a tool. Yep. And we want you to use your tools wisely so that you can more effectively yeah. grow spiritually it's true. in your walk with Christ. Yeah, it's been exciting. And uh, because we're excited and because we just, we're, we're at a, Spirit of thankfulness and and just gratitude throughout this entire year. We want to do some things uh, coming up here at the end of the year. What we want to try to do, we want to get everybody in the PSPQ uh, staff, so to say, uh, together. We want to talk about some of the most favorite times throughout this year. Uh, What has been some great moments of the pod. Uh, But we need you guys' help. We want to, if you guys can, uh, tag us, share your favorite episode. We want to know what is that favorite episode so we can talk about it here on the pod uh, in our last episode of the year. So yeah, we want stories. Yes. So email us, right? Or That's DM who, us, yep. all of the above. But we want to spend the last episode, the one post all this stuff. So we're still, we're not going to shortchange the next few weeks, but that last episode of 2023 just celebrating and then we want to celebrate people's stories yes so email us dm us what you learned the most your favorite episode what you got out of it how this podcast has helped you we're going to read them all yeah on that podcast so how can they email us yeah post sunday podcast at gmail.com is where you guys can send over your emails that probably be the best way uh, as well as Instagram, you can DM us uh, at Post Sunday Podcast. Find us there on Instagram or any of our accounts. 
TikTok, um, as well as X. We are on there also, and YouTube. So you can find us at Post Sunday Podcast, too. And while you're there doing that, subscribe, hit the notification tab, follow, uh, be a part, uh, give a rating uh, in your on your favorite podcast platform. That helps just bring exposure to the podcast and helps uh, continue to propel us because we're excited for next year. Yeah. We, uh, we're looking forward to some great stuff. Two other quick things. Yes. We have that 20% off coupon. Yes. Uh, in our link for all of the Post Sunday podcast swag. So get yours now. Yeah. Go to that link, T-shirts, two different styles, and a sweatshirt. Yeah. We will mail it to you wherever you're listening, watching from. And then also, if you listen on Spotify... When you go, you hit that home button, it gives you that little icon in the center of your Spotify account that says like your 2023 wrap up. You hit that and it tells you like your favorite artist for the year, your most played song for the year, the album you played the most of the year, but then it will give you like your top five albums and then like your top five podcasts that you listen to. And if we are in that top five, we want you to screenshot it. Post it on social media and tag us so that we can repost it on our account. Yeah. That way we can celebrate all those that have been listening. Yeah, I think it was like 161 uh, top fans of the pod. Like it was. That's a, that's more than we would have thought. Yeah. Top fans that would have us in their top in year one. So yeah. we've got a lot more listeners and watchers than that. Yes. But just in Spotify alone, we're able to track that. So it just shows you in one year the magnitude of how this has played out in some yes. people's lives. Yes. It is awesome. And if you're new with us, man, you got a lot to catch up. But listen, it's not uh, any – don't be discouraged. Uh, it, it's a great tool, what we've been able to do here this entire year. And what is that? It's basically our church has gone through the Bible from, from Genesis all the way to Revelation. We're in Revelation now. And we have spent our entire year just going week to week on on these these stories that have lined up to the grace of God and God's never-ending story, right, of love and passion for us, humanity. But we've been an extension of that. So Genesis Church Orlando is where we gather here in East Orlando, 815, 930, and 11 o'clock services. GenesisChurchOrlando.com. You can find us live at our 930 and 11 o'clock services. And listen, if you do not have a place for Christmas... We want to see you there. Join us. You, yeah, be a Christmas part of what Eve we're doing. on Christmas yes, Eve. Let's man. go. Christmas at Genesis, December 24th, 815, 930, and 11. We invite you and your family to come out. We're going to have some great children's stuff happening around campus. We're going to have a great classic Christmas candlelight service. And we're um, going to put a stamp on the never-ending story of yeah. God. So we're not shifting and changing. Yes. We are staying in the story yeah. Yeah. at Christmas Eve. Yeah. And I can't wait to unpack the final piece. It's going to be so good, man. And listen, even it, no excuses. If you're out of state, you can still tune in at GenesisChurchOrlando.com, in our Facebook at Genesis Church Orlando, uh, on YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando. Be a part of it. Comment below. Hey, I, I am... I'm a PSPQ listener. Our online hosts are going to be so excited to hear from you, and uh, and and they'll, and they'll refer that over to us. And I'm telling you, it's just going to be it's going to be awesome. And so, be a part of what we're doing, Christmas at Genesis. Don't mean to take up so much time here on the front end, but there's we had a, a lot, lot to, to unpack talk about. Yeah. and a lot to tell you because yeah. it's holiday season. So, the last thing before we dive in to a whole bunch of content, we have a PSPQ. 
news, you know, that segment we added about halfway through the year yeah. that we didn't have before. Yeah. We added it. That's why we can't wait for 2024 for yeah. some new things that we can do as well. <laughs> the PSPQ, it's time. It's time. Producer Stanton, lead us, my friend. Here we go. It is the jolliest, the greatest time of the year. If you haven't been to Pastor Tim's house around the holiday time, Ooh. I advise you go. It's better Winter than going. Wonderland. It's better than going to Disney. See you him. can see the Christmas Village. You see a Christmas tree that's almost Closest as tall as his house. I'm gonna put a jar out for tips for everybody towards my house. I'll set the cost to light everything. Quick shout out from my end. I got approached yesterday by Granny Harper. God bless her. She said, the only reason why I listen to the PSP is because you're on there. That made Shout out. <laughs> you still ain't that getting a camera. Smile. You still don't get a camera. <laughs> and also my girlfriend's in town, so that's why I'm also He's in a happy hype. happy mood. Yes. But anyways, right. enough about me. Let's get to the question. I know people want to talk talk about me, but it's not about <laughs> me. It's about, <laughs> it's about y'all. So anyways, here's the question. They write in, they say, there is a fine line between urgency and fear. What is the best way to approach this with non-believers? Ooh. Man, that's good stuff. So my immediate thought would be this. John writes, and the whole letter of Revelation is written with urgency. So that urgency is for the believer and the non-believer. Let's be clear about that. Right There's an urgency that we do not know the time the king returns, but the king returns, yeah. right? And so, um, however, the angel tells John, do not fear. So there is to be no fear for the believer. We'll talk about this a little bit more today uh, as to what that means, the confidence of your faith that you need to have. Yeah. However, um, there's probably needs to be fear for those who don't. Right, because uh, Jesus Himself uh, says, uh, "Fear." What does He say? He says, "Do not fear the one who can kill the body. Fear the one who can kill the body and the soul." Right. So He does bring that up. It, it is talked about, and so therefore, there's a reality that this Almighty God has a story He has written, and He has given us a glimpse into the end of it. As a believer, we are to have urgency to share the gospel because of what we know about the end of it. As a non-believer, there's an urgency in your life that you have to make a choice. Yeah. That will come along with some fear as to how that is going to play out. You may or may not have that fear, but there's a healthy dose of fear. And I, I'm not trying to, to talk out two sides of my mouth, but let's not forget all of us are supposed to have some fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So you 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 have a, a different type of fear than probably what we think about. But the book of Revelation for a believer should not invoke fear. And some things about it that we have allowed to be in our minds and creep in from what we have taken from the outside in have done that. We'll unpack that today in the episode because we got a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. In Revelation. Yes, we do, man. I mean, it's it seems to me like, you know, Paul's message to Timothy too, man, 
He was telling them, never lose your sense of urgency. And we saw that in 2 Timothy chapter 4. He's giving them context about preaching the word yep. and being diligent and not just not losing faith. That's where you hear the, the, the famous verse of um, don't uh, let them demise you because of your youth and, and all this. And so it's like a sense of urgency in preaching the gospel and standing for what is right. Um, I think when it comes to speaking to someone, though, right, bringing the gospel to someone's life, um, it's a mixture of both. There's an urgency. Yep. Uh, even my wife uh, just has a coworker recently that she's just been feeling that urgency of speaking uh, to them about Jesus. And, 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 yeah, you know, she struggles with trying to maneuver herself. I think a lot of believers question their, uh, their, their uh, level of understanding with Scripture, and because it may not be at this certain height, I don't feel adequate enough to be able to present the gospel to somebody accurately. Um, but I always remind her that no one can take your testimony away from you. And so that is what you can speak of, and that is the truth in your life. That is what God has done. That's the actual work of God in your life. And so she's done that. There's a sense of urgency. And so any little crack, any little moment, she just really presents that gospel and tries to really bring it to them. Um, but I think out of out of the person's life, there comes a there comes this um, desire because I, I I really truly believe everyone has a desire for uh, for God. There is there's this there's this there's this something within our identity and how we're built, and we're and, and that's why you find people uh, trying to. Uh, Find it in pleasure, find it in, in alcohol, drugs, and all these different things to try to fulfill something that God really designed only for him. And so I think I, from what I've seen in my time of evangelism and being able to speak to people, there, there, there is a sense of fear like, I, I, I'm going to miss out on this. I'm, I'm, the, the final call is going to come soon. But I think these non non-believers really numb themselves to the moment of what's happening to the point where it's just like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. And um, but when us as believers have the urgency to present the gospel, I think we we ring that bell again in their life. Yeah. Right. And so um, I don't know. That's just something that came to my head as we were as you were sharing. Good stuff. Um, but yeah, man, let's roll. Revelation. Woo! The greatest book in the Bible. <laughs> The most underrated, right? Uh, but it, it, it just carries I, I, so much. I tried to teach that this past week at the church. Man, you, you looked more uh, content than I think I've ever tried to just let roll out of my mouth in one in one setting. And that was up, a yeah. I went home and I was spiritually drained. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, it yeah. hit just like, and you know you're building up all week because you know so many people. Here's the deal. Let's talk about a lot today in this because people that are listening in whether you're with us in our church or not, you're in, you're listening right now because everyone's curious about revelation. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of curiosity. There's a lot of fear. Yeah. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of doubts. There's a lot of uh, misreading all those things. And so then I'm going to come preach at a church that's multi-ethnic, very diverse, all different church backgrounds uh, are all in one place and they all have their thoughts, their questions, their interpretations. And then they're kind of also just waiting and hinging upon like, what are you going to tell us? 
Hmm. Right. Well, what are you going to say about this? What do you believe about this? You know, and that's what everybody's doing. So you feel that, that tension in the room. And yet at the same time, we're trying to keep the main thing, the main thing. Yeah. Right. What's the main thing about this whole letter that all of us need to be completely dialed into? Um, and we're not able to unpack every chapter and every verse. We did that four years ago in our archives. We taught through revelation chapter by chapter. At the same time, we're hitting stuff with new people that have never heard us teach it, and hopefully we're bringing some understanding to some things, knowing that we cannot fully understand all things. And if you have learned anything in this podcast, I hope in a year of adventuring with us, you have learned that it's okay not to get a clear answer on everything in your faith. Yeah, big time. So good. You have to have a deep enough, strong enough faith to know I don't get an answer for everything, and I'm okay with that. That's yeah, and and, and I, you got to be okay with that. But not a lot of people are. Let's be honest. Like they want. We're in a digital age that you can pull up a phone and search something on Google and get an immediate response. We to not have something of an answer, some clarity or something, it, it just, it doesn't sit right for people. And it's very challenging for them to not have the full perspective. And that's why, like I said earlier, you feel, you feel like I, I, I know 70% of this because I'm missing the 30. I, I don't know if I'm able to do these certain things because the 30 is missing. Right. And so that really the 30 becomes the bigger picture for people than the actual 70 that you've learned throughout this year. Right. And so realize those that you're listening, realize this first and foremost, you're tapping into an additional resource uh, from from your normal Sunday. Right. And so right off the bat, you're growing. You are you. You're plugging yourself into something that's that's stretching you and elevating you in your growth in in, in, in your in, in your biblical knowledge. So yeah, give good. yourself credit, man. Like, and if you've been doing that throughout this year, man, that is amazing. If you're in it's your car amazing. right now, or you're running and you're listening to this, Dude, or you're huge. playing in your house, like the very fact that you are taking time to add this into huge. your weekly schedule is not for our benefit. We are here, hopefully, for yours, yeah. but only by the mercy and goodness of God. We are just open vessels for God to use, right? Yeah. And really broken vessels, let's be honest. And so, therefore, as you're listening to this right now, John said you are blessed to hear, read, and do. Yeah. Therefore, you are seeking the goodness of God, the blessing of God, and the understanding of God with different wisdom than those who just go, yeah, I, I don't, I don't have all the answers. I don't know if I want all the answers. I'm good. And make sure that doesn't make you huffed up and, and haughty with some type of spiritual pride. But at the same time hear uh, that you are doing something good. Yeah. And you are Huge. taking time to absorb the word of God in multiple ways so that you can grow spiritually. That's awesome. Yeah. And so. listen, just to toss it out there, but GenesisChurchOrlando.com backslash the never ending story, there is more resources. More resources. For you. Yep. So man, like there's just no excuses for growth this year. You Absolutely. Know? And where we're getting ready to go for next year. Buckle your seatbelts, man. It's gonna be good. Because this is gonna be great. But you opened up with a just a great question. And I kinda wanna get your thoughts on it. But does God hold the world 
in his hands. Why why that question and and where did that lead us, you know, when it comes to um, you opened up with Revelation 6, like kind of... What, yeah, we won't read all of that. Yeah. So Revelation chapter 6, the question has to become, as we said yesterday, do you really believe he holds the whole world in his hands? God. Yeah. I say that in church and you get a bunch of amens in the crowd and all that stuff and, and you get some of that feedback. But as a listener today, ask yourself on Monday, do you still believe that, right? Yeah, it's true. And when things don't go right at work today or financially things don't start working out, the way you want them to, or something happens with one of your children, or you get that really terrible phone call that you didn't want to get. Um, do you still believe like that's the reality? Like, it's not just, can I say amen on Sunday in church? Can I say it all day long? And then can I say it when I read this book? Because I think the opposite is true for many people. Like you said, for 70% of the book, I believe God's in control. Then I get to the end and I don't know if he is right. And we are trying to help you see things different. Our purpose is to rethink life the way God intended. So we're going to help you rethink things. And this is why we say the book of Revelation and the Bible itself doesn't need to be rewritten, but it does need to be reread. Yes. And there are assumptions and there are things that we bring into it. And there are outside sources that we rely on more than the truth of God's word that really bring us to that reality. We need to reread this. And so when you start in Revelation chapter six and these seals start being open, you know, you start seeing these different colored horses and you start seeing all this destruction and the, and the, and the sun turning into blood and the stars from the sky. And all of a sudden, as we said, everybody gets fearful. And for a moment, it's like, well, I don't know if God holds the whole world in his hands because it sounds like the whole world's falling apart. And what we need to do is pay attention to what is being written, not what our mind wants to do in the moment, but what we're actually seeing on the pages of of the Bible. And that is, it tells us at the very beginning of Revelation chapter six, now I watched the lamb open the seven seals. Mm. So everything we're about to read and understand is being implemented and executed by the lamb, the son of God. These are things that are supposed to happen. Some of them have happened. If we really understand them and the real people, real places, real time, some of them will happen. Some of them have not happened, but the lamb is the one that executes. They're, they're, they're coming to be. It's not the devil. It's not the demons, the horses are actually riders being sent out by God. So it's like, when you open this up, you have to realize like where my mind takes me versus what the Bible actually tells me are two totally different things. And let's keep our eyes and our mind and our hearts rooted in God's word and focus on the lamb. Yeah. We want to focus on the dragon, right? Instead of focusing on the lamb. And that's the reality as you look at this. And so when you open up that first chapter, the second chapter, you see these seals being unpacked and unfolded. And we don't have to read all of that today. Our readers and listeners, you can read through those. My my goal with this podcast today is to kind of uh, speak into some moments to help you find some clarity as you're moving along in some of these things that you're confused about, you are fearful of. Um, that you don't know about and that maybe you need to see differently, you know? And so that's why I think it's important, you know, in Revelation chapter seven, after the six seals open, John says, 
I heard a number of 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel. And then it tells us 12,000 from from the 12 tribes and, and all of this stuff. And we hear the, that number. I've, I've heard it. Depending on your understanding it. of end times, yeah. and we'll use the big word, eschatology, or your belief in how it all unfolds. And we have different beliefs and inter- interpretations. Let's use the word interpretation than belief. By different people, depending on your church background and your upbringing, there are people that think that this 144,000 is truly just Jewish people, that that uh, that is all that it is, and it's like a remnant being held after an event for this moment uh, because, you know, there's so many Jewish people that don't believe in Jesus as a Messiah and in that. But listen to what John's—don't listen. Pay attention to what he does in his writing. He writes, I heard a number of 144,000, but when I looked with my eyes, so these are not separate events. This is a continuation. Remember the original letter would have just been penned as it's unfolding. It wouldn't have had subtitles like your Bible does in text where all of a sudden when you see it in blocks of verses, your mind immediately separates them as if they're separate moments and separate events. Mm. Instead, he says, I, I heard 144,000 from all the tribes of Israel, but I look and I see, and I see more than that. I see a multitude of people that I can't count, and they're from every tribe, tongue, language, and nation. So now you're forced with the question, is it just 144,000 or is it more? Because mm. what he heard versus what he saw he pins two different ways. How do you hear 144? Right. Like, well, the angel, that, like right? what's speaking? You know, yeah. he's hearing. People have to realize he's hearing multiple voices, not like a psychopath. It tells us that sometimes the angel speaks to him. Yeah. He hears God speak to him. He hears you know this being spoken to him from this angel from the from the Son of God. So he's he's getting the narrative. Mm-hmm. Let's say that way yeah, yeah. brought to him. By di- from different angles, from different uh, beings. And so it's not multiple voices ringing in his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so therefore, I heard as it was being described, 144,000. But when I looked and saw, it was more than that. And the key in all of that right up front is that with those that sixth seal being open, which is all the craziness. So, you know, you have people that they take that so literal that the moon is going to turn to blood and literally the stars are going to fall out of the sky like meteors, you know, and because we were trying to imagine this writing that has a lot of imagery and, and symbolism and things like that. And then you have to pay attention that God says, no, hold that back. He tells these, these four, these four keepers from the four corners of the earth, hold that stuff back. What's the only reason he wants to hold it back from? Don't harm those who have my name sealed on their foreheads, Mm. right? And so there's the first reality of the mention of forehead in Revelation. You know, everyone wants to jump to Revelation chapter 13 and talk about the mark of the beast. No one wants to pay attention that before you ever get there, six chapters before, God's already talking about a mark and a writing on someone's forehead and it being the people of God sealed by his name on their forehead. So if we want to take the same literal imagery that we have in Revelation 13, let's ask ourselves the same question. Does this mean in this moment that God's going to take and he's going to tattoo on the forehead of every believer that John sees that is so numerous from every tribe, tongue, language that he can't count, 
his name on their forehead. And all of a sudden, is, is, is this moment of end times going to be all these people with the name of God written, stamped, and tattooed on their forehead, and all these people that are against God with a tattoo or stamp visibly of the mark of the beast facing off against each other, hmm. right? Because that's where our mind wants to take us. It does, yeah. You mentioned something really, really great, and I don't know if I'm skipping a lot here, but uh, the head, hands, and feet, you yeah. know? Um, I've always interpreted the revelation as John, like describing certain things that maybe he just didn't have the right wording to based on our time now, right? Like I saw certain things and, you know, he just sees it based off of his context and his history of what he's lived and what he's seen, but it, it could be a different imagery, you know, if we saw it now, we would maybe interpret it a little bit more accurately in comparison to him that maybe did, didn't see all these things the way we do here now thousands of years later, right? Like, And so I kind of, when I'm reading through Revelation, I'm thinking through that in that, that context like that. Maybe there was some imagery that could be best described this way according to how his surrounding and what his history And we was. didn't get into this yesterday, so let's let's just land there right now. Right up front, people, that's where they want to go, the mark of the beast, Revelation 13. And this is where we are trying to get you to have a wisdom with it. Because as we said, and we can laugh about this in a moment, people have all different ideas of what that looks like and what yeah. that's supposed to be. And I've, I've listened to some horrific teachings that have almost been comical. They're so bad wow. on it. I've listened to some that I may not fully uh, lean into their interpretation, but it could be plausible. And then I've listened to what I think are some beautiful understandings of it. Um, and so I, I will listen and study the full perspective, right, of all of it. So it's not just one, one silo or something like that. I want people to realize that this is much more uh, imagery and symbolism than it is literal, that doesn't mean that there isn't maybe one day going to be some type of mark to buy or sell with, right? Like I can't sit here and a hundred percent assure you that if there, there is formed some type of new government or currency or global economy, that there's not something that goes with that, that may look a lot like what was happening in John's time. So let's remember real people, real place, real time. Yeah. During the time that John is writing this, Rome is the empire of the world and Rome has decided to institute a way of getting you to bow down and worship the gods and goddesses of Rome and really the rulers of Rome. So Caesar has titles like, and no one realizes this son of God, because that's what they believed he was. So when scripture's being written, about the son of God. Yes, we know he is the son of the one true living God, but they're also at the same time borrowing terminology from their day and time to remind you Caesar is not, Jesus is, mm -hmm. right? This is the real people, real place, real time. Um, but they had instituted that to buy and sell in the open market, you had to sacrifice to their gods. Wow. And then you would be stamped. You would have an approval because of your sacrifice to go now and freely buy and sell. Therefore, those who did not had to 
had to have provision from God, let's say, in their own land where they were from because they could not go into the open market and, and, and interact like anybody else who made the sacrifice. So in essence, in that moment, it was, will you do what God has said, do not do sacrifice to false gods and goddesses just to get the food you want to get today? Or will you trust God for his ultimate provision in your life? Right? So it's always a choice. This is what the scriptures show us. So it's happening. Then John is writing about something that happens in that day and time. So it's no wonder that when he writes about the mark of a beast, he says it's on their head, on their on, on their hand, and they will not be able to buy or sell because they knew what this was already like then. I cannot clearly say that that doesn't mean one day something like that may not occur again. However, the imagery is what is much more important, and the imagery is this. Do you belong to God or do you belong to the powers of the world, the powers of Satan, right? And so as you said, uh, the head, hands, feet goes all the way back to Deuteronomy chapter six. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. These commandments I give to you today, write them on the door frames of your houses, where you live, right? Um, and then it says, bind them on your hands and and put them up on as frontlets, as boxes between your eyes. And so here's the thing. The Jewish people knew this was imagery. They also took this literal. If you look at pictures of of Jewish people and, and, and rabbis, you would see a cord wrapped around their hand. You would see a box on their forehead as a frontlet. Inside that box is scripture of God when they go into their prayer time or whatever. But it was also symbolism. The symbolism was the very words of God, the commandments should be on your head, on your mind, in your thoughts, continuously, all the time. The words of God should be on your hand. Why would they use hand? Because your hand is close to your heart, right? So it's that picture of heart, head, hands, feet, meaning all of me, everywhere I go, should be as close to God as possible. I'm going to be literally marked by the words and the teachings and the commandments of my God. In contrast to that is Revelation chapter 13, that you would be marked by on your head and hand by the beast, by the, the, the one against God. And the imagery here is who do you belong to? God doesn't need a visible tattoo on you or a microchip in your hand to track which direction you're going. He watches you. The, the, the words of, of God tell us he knows when a bird falls from the sky, he knows every hair on your head. Man looks at the outward appearance. God looks at the heart. He rebukes the religious leaders because they clean the outside of the cup, not the inside. So God knows he doesn't need an outside visible mark. He knows if your head and your heart belong to him and you're marked and sealed by God, that's what that seal of the 144,000 was. I will write my name on the forehead. They belong to me. Just as Revelation 13 is about the imagery of your spiritual uh, status with God. I'm against him. I have refused him. I have rejected him. I have chosen other than him. And so my head and my hands belong to something other than him. And he knows this. And this is a picture we have to hold on to, I think, deeper than this fear of Am I going to take the mark? If you don't, if you belong to God, you're sealed. Second Corinthians, Paul says, by the spirit of God, you are sealed in Christ. 
And so therefore this whole fear of like we said yesterday, you know, we grew up credit card with a chip in it or your Apple phone that tracks you around or, you know, going and, and having your hands scanned to go in these Amazon grocery stores. Oh no, they're all the mark of the beast. They're all part of it being implemented and I'm not doing any of it. We have to be careful that we're not overreacting to technology and really walking with wisdom and discernment from God as to, okay, what takes me into an anti-God thing versus I can swipe my bank card with a microchip in it and still wholeheartedly serve God with my heart, mind, and soul, and strength. Jeez. Right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you grew up, but I grew up and everybody's fearful of all those things. Yeah. Yeah. I um, I, I, <laughs> I remember my cousin, we, uh, he talked about the, the million man army. Or whatever you ever yeah yeah yep. yeah and 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 that always that 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 I think that that brought a little more fear for me like the takeover type of thing you know that's yeah. when we're in the end of the world uh, you know it's the takeover and that's so why I showed all that it, stuff yesterday it, people are like I don't, I don't know what DVD you're holding up and what book <laughs> so there's the DVD the thief in the night <laughs> early eighties and. You know, they they show people being beheaded in there for their faith, and the rapture happens, and everyone's running around panicking, yeah, yeah. and and I you just you live in fear, you do. and 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 so the confusion becomes: Why do I live in fear? If you hold to a rapture interpretation yeah. of end times, why do you live in fear? Right, because then you wouldn't be here. Yeah, and yet at the same time, um, I have my own thoughts about that, and maybe they'll play out in the next few weeks, uh, you you take Christians and they take these movies and they take these books like Left Behind and they engulf these books, which is Christian fiction. Obviously, the people and the writers are writing with their theology and interpretation into it. Um, but more Christians come away more fearful of the return of the king then confident and bold and excited yeah. that one day the God you have surrendered your life to is coming back to rule and reign with his people forever. And that's the big confusion to me. Why would we sit around in so much fear if the greatest thing that we have surrendered our life to is going to one day be implemented? And it's because we take all these books and movies or like the, the Nicolas Cage Left Behind movie, which is two hours of life you never get back and you apologize <laughs> to God for because the, the, the essence of, yes, there's an interpretation of a rapture. Outside of that, there's really nothing biblical in it. And then we watch it or we let our kids watch it or let them read these books before we're able to teach them the things of God and they now build their foundational theology off of fear. Yeah. And we got to unpack that differently. Yeah. You know, it was great what uh, what you said on Sunday. We are more afraid of what we uh, what the mark of the beast will be than confident about the seal of God in our lives. Yeah, that number six 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 that yeah. everybody's so just worked up over. You know, um, there's seven seals, there's seven trumpets, there's seven bowls. Let's be very clear: same events being retold. I heard a a, a teacher and a and a scholar from Israel say. Think of it this way. They're not seven different events every time. That would be 21. The seven seals are broken. There's seven trumpets that are blasted with those seals, and there's seven bowls that are being poured out with those seals. It's as if John is a painter, 
and he's painted the seven seals being broken, then he comes back and he begins to add to those seven things as he talks about the seven trumpets, as he talks to those seven bowls. Does that make sense? Like mm. he's bringing more detail yeah. to the yeah. original foundational that foundation that he's laid on the painting. And I think that's a great visual for us, right? As to how we read it. But you take those three sevens and then you would realize that 666 is anything less than three sevens, which is wholeness and perfection. And, and so therefore now you still begin to realize the symbolism and the imagery, not the fear that if you go to Walmart this week and it rings up that you owe the cashier $6 and 66 cents that you have to grab gum real quick off the register and hand it to them so that you break that, that code. And now you owe them $7 and 83 cents because you're so fearful. Uh, you know, I've been with, I've been with family that they owe you $6 and 66 cents back. And I've heard them go, keep a penny. Because like I can't take this these three sixes back, right? Jeez. So now it's like, uh, um, are we more? What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, are we more caught up in uh, what's 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 the uh, the the word? Um, I can't think of it right now. Where 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 you believe it, it? It's not really there, but you believe it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I can't get the word either. Anyways, we get caught up in those moments, yeah, right? Yeah. Where we're just we're we're sitting in something that isn't there, versus. My focus needs to be, is the name of God sealed on my forehead, on my life, yeah. right? Not about who's going to end up with a tattoo or a stamp or a chip. And when that time comes to choose, how will I know? It's, it's this. When people study counterfeit, to know if a dollar bill or a hundred dollar bill is counterfeit, the real people that do it, you know what they do? They never, they never study the counterfeit. They study the real thing. Mm. And then they're able to, to recognize a counterfeit right away. We need to study all things Jesus. Pay attention to all things Jesus, even in Revelation. All things, the glory of God. And stop worrying and paying attention to the counterfeit in the sense of that consumes our time. We need to pay attention and be aware of what he's doing. John tells us he's the dragon. Yeah. who was also the serpent who's called he's the deceiver of the world the accuser of our brothers he tells us i believe in revelation chapter 12 and so we need to pay attention to who he is and what he's doing what he's up to we have too many apathetic christians sitting around you know just letting things be and letting things unfold as they want instead of having spiritual discernment to walk in light not in darkness but our focus doesn't need to be all things dragon yeah our focus needs to be all things lion and lamb yeah all things jesus that's good man and then as you're as you're towards the end here revelation you went kind of went back to revelation 5 um and really brought that story into play again and so tell us a little bit about that and it's kind of how that correlated with how you were trying to yeah, so you you out. you have all this fear about the dragon showing up. Yeah, you know, so he stands on the seashore. So everybody has their imagery of Game of Thrones and you oh, know yeah. and Lord of the Rings and fire breathing dragons <laughs> with CGI. And this is what Satan looks like when he shows up. Once again, imagery and symbolism. He stands on the seashore is really saying that he has a at, at that moment he has authority and power over people on this earth right? Because they choose the way of the world, not the way of God. 
And so it's not this dragon literally standing there, but it's symbolism that when the dragon, the devil, the serpent, the deceiver of the world arrives, he has authority over people because they they follow what he has duped them and deceived them with. And you've given him authority. You're right. And in contrast, we're watching through Revelation those who have put themselves under the authority of God. You know, and so it's it's why when he comes back on the horse, we'll talk about this next week, uh, the great white horse, uh, it says that he has a name written that no one knows, right? Because he has ultimate authority. He carries a name. We don't get to name him. He names us, right? And so therefore it shows his ultimate authority that he even carries a name no one else knows because he's the name above all names, right? This is the beauty of the story that we don't pay enough attention to. But uh, when you, when you sit in that and you see the fear that people carry in their lives uh, because of them watching the world unfold, we've talked about this. Yeah. Someone has to go through it. Whatever your interpretation is, some people listening believe you're going to be raptured out of the great tribulation, right? And then brought back when it's all over. Some people believe that the tribulation will happen and then God returns. No matter what, Jesus says that it gets, it's like birthing pains. It does get worse. So whether you are here during all of it or you think you're out during some of it, we're going to go through tribulation. John writes, I write to some of you in our tribulation. So they were going through one. So we can't have it both ways. We can't have, I can't wait for God to return. I want him to come. This world is full of evil and wickedness. I wish he would just bring worldwide peace and not know that it's going to get worse. And if we are in those end times, we might be the ones going through that. With all that said, we have to ask ourselves, where do we stand with this understanding of who we belong to? Mm. And it's funny to me that it tells us that, um, after the mark of the beast, Revelation 13, you get Revelation 14. John once again says, I saw the 144,000, uh, a numerical number for all these people. And they're sealed by God on their foreheads. And he says, and I saw uh, them standing in the place of Zion, which is another name we know for Jerusalem scripturally. What most people don't know is that the name Zion also means the place marked by God. So here's the people of God marked by God standing in the place that is marked by God. Mm. So once again, is it literal or is it symbolism? The people of God marked in their lives by him standing in the place of God, which is his realm and in his environment with his influence and his authority with his people. And so when we rush through all of this and we get into like the great prostitute and the, the antichrist and, and the false prophet and the two witnesses and all these things that we're trying to understand and we can't fully understand, right? It's like reading the scriptures and going, um, it's not um, one or the other. It's, it's the word and. It was then and it could be later right? Yeah. That, that's how you look at it. And if you can hold it that way and be okay with that, because you know, the ending is what matters more than anything. Yeah. Then you don't, you don't fall apart in the unknown pieces, right? You stay focused 
on the race, the finish line, that you finish well. So let's back up, as you just said, Revelation 4 and 5. We are given this piece of the story before we're given the other pieces. And it's like seven churches and the warnings and, oh, my gosh, Revelation and all things fearful and the apocalypse and Armageddon and all these things unfolding. And it's like all of a sudden we just leapfrog four and five. Oh, that's awesome. That's beautiful. That lets me sing a lot of good songs in churches. And then we want to land in yeah, all of good. the craziness again because yeah, yeah. that's how we're wired. And it's if God says, nope. Before everything gets broken, the seals and the scroll is unrolled. I want to remind you of who's in control of the story. John gets a glimpse into heaven. God is sitting on the throne. Mm. He, he describes him in words that we can't even put pictures to. We got to stop making those words literal. You know, streets of gold doesn't mean that, you know, it just means beautiful. It doesn't mean one day I'll be walking streets of gold and it looks like the Wizard of Oz, you know, <laughs> in someone's head, right? Like yeah. we can have some imagery of that. That's great. He's just describing the wonder and the awe and the splendor of things he has seen that no one, listen to this, no one on earth has ever seen. Yeah. Think about that for a second, except him. Yeah. And the songs being sung around the throne. And then you get to that moment where, uh, the scroll in the right hand of God with the seals upon it needs to be broken and, and, and unrolled. And no one in heaven, no one on earth, and no one under the earth, all right? So all of a sudden what people do is they have this three-tier picture. No one on in heaven, oh, it's way up in the sky. No one on earth, it's middle earth, Lord of the Rings, and no one under the earth, you know, the dark realm that comes up. It is just imagery, yes, for all of the above. There is no one in any of those realms that has the power and the authority to break the seals, to open the scroll. And so he weeps loudly. Think of, I mean, just, just hold on to that picture for a second. Don't move past it. How long did he weep? We don't know. It had to be a lot of emotion and a lot of, lot of uh, sadness and hopelessness that you would get to the point of weeping loudly, right? You don't just weep loudly and just that's it. Like, you, you know, that emotion builds in you. So whatever he's in, in experiencing is building in this moment. And then to hear those words that an elder comes up. I, I have this picture in my head, not literal, of an elder coming up behind and placing his hand on his shoulder while he's weeping, just you know, hands over his face as loud as he can, weeping and wailing and 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 doing those things. And the 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 hand coming up from behind, you know, going, "Don't weep, pick your head up, look at what what's standing in front of you." And then he says, "And I saw the one who was worthy, the lion from the tribe of Judah." So the first time he describes him, he's the lamb that was slain. Now he's the lion from the tribe of Judah, which screams victory, which reminds us that Satan is always the counterfeit. I, I heard a, a teacher saying he's always parroting, not, not, not a parody. He's parroting like the bird, Jesus. He's trying to mimic him. He's trying to echo him. He's trying to take his words and squawk them out to the world because he, he, he's always second best, right? He's, ne he's like a lion looking to devour, but he's not the lion. That's right. And this lion has the authority to open the scrolls. And now a whole new worship song breaks out. And the beauty of that is how it ends, that he, he is able to make them a kingdom priest and will rule and reign with them 
And that's the, that's the thing we, we, we got to hold on to because it comes back. comes back at the end of the letter. We will, he will rule and reign with them on earth. Mm. doesn't say heaven. It says on earth. And therefore, we're back to does he hold the whole world in his hands? Wow. Or is, you know, someone's mind, he gonna, he's going to catch it all on fire, burn it all down, and then rebuild it all up because we, we have all this, these images in our heads. Yeah, yeah. Yeesh, that's a lot to uh, to take in. That's why you were um, you were just like fried. <laughs> I was after the first service. I was fried, and it it was because I realized a lot of content. I went back and I just spent some time in prayer. Yeah, and because my 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 goal then is the same as it is right now for anybody listening. When you hear this, here's the dominating question: It's not. It's not worry about who's the antichrist and, and where's the mark of the beast and who's taking it and in a world, one world government and all these things. And, and that we're trying to figure out the dominating question is who do you belong to? Do you belong to God or the powers of this world? Is the name of God sealed on you or is the name of the enemy? Cause he has authority, as you said, over your life, your thoughts, where your what your hands do, where your feet take you, your head, hands, feet. Where, where do you belong? Where, who do you belong to? Only only you can answer that question. In reality, urgency, fear. Let's use all those words from the the PSPQ yeah. question. Um, you're forced because only you and God know, and only He knows when He comes back. Who belong to him and who don't. You, you can't play a game with God. You can play a game with a bunch of other people and you can try to 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 want both of best of of those both both of those worlds, the best of both worlds, but you you can't get both. No. It is one or the other. Is my allegiance to God or is my allegiance to myself and to all the things this world has to offer me? And that is the dominating question from Revelation four to chapters 18 and 19 with all the things that are playing out and all the things that maybe will play out and all the things that John is also knowing that was taking place with uh, the Jews and Rome and, and all of the rulers and authorities from Caesar to Domitian and all of that. And those real places, real people, real time is where do you belong? Will you sacrifice to the gods just so that you can come to the open market, right? And get what you need. Or do you trust and rely on the provision of the one true God who in the wilderness gave manna from heaven and water from a rock because he is this type of God? Yeah. Will you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength? Yeah. And if you do, you're sealed. Yeah. You don't read this book with fear. Yeah. You read this book with anticipation Mm. and urgency. Yes. to, 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 To tweak the things that you know or have crept in or shouldn't be there, but anticipation that the king is returning Urgency and you get to spend with him forever. Right. Urgency for your neighbor. Yep. I guess this is, these are some of the things that are going to be taking place. I need to make sure that everyone around me knows that Jesus loves them. Yes. And so, woo, man, revelation is bringing revelation. That's good. It's good. Episode 50, man. We hope you guys enjoyed it. We hope it was a blessing for you. I know there's still some questions and a lot to unpack, but still, we would love to hear back from you guys. Post Sunday Podcast at gmail.com. Send in your questions. We'll love to answer those and help out in whatever way that we can. 
But remember, we're not going to have all the answers to every single thing. But we are going to continue to reread Scripture and continue to open open that book and allow it to just continue to reveal more and more and more to us. And so we're we're thankful to be able to do that in this platform, uh, in this with this opportunity at the P at the Post Sunday Podcast. But follow us on all social media platforms at Post Sunday Podcast. Follow us, uh, subscribe, uh, go to YouTube.com as well. Follow us on uh, Post Sunday Podcast as well. And, uh, and as we said earlier, everything that we got going on, uh, listen to it up front on the podcast, uh, on the front half of it. We got a lot of things going on, but uh, please be a part of it. Hit uh, review, um, submit a review for the pod in uh, iTunes or Spotify. We love to have that. It just helps bring, again, that exposure to many different areas and people's um, people's liking. So we're thankful for you guys. We love you. Can't wait to close things out as we got a couple more weeks with you guys. So love you. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to the Post Sunday Podcast presented by Genesis Church. A place to go further, discover more, and to learn things you possibly never have. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Genesis Church Orlando and at Post Sunday Podcast. Till next time, grace and peace to all of you.